0: Awesome. How about a hand for Jesus one more time. Amen. Wonderful. Welcome to church. As we begin this message today, I just want to say as we have honored the fathers in the spirit of honoring the fathers, I just want to pray for those that have lost a father or if you're a father and you've lost a child. Uh, if you're here, Father's Day can be an exciting day, but it can also be a tough day for some people. It can also be a difficult day. Amen. So let's close our eyes. Let's pray, Father. We pray for those today that uh, on a day like today, as we celebrate fathers, that it can be a very difficult day, Father, for those that have lost fathers, those that have never known their fathers. So Father, we just pray for your love to flow right now. We speak healing, and Father, we thank you that ultimately. You are the father. So we celebrate you here today. Father, we love them, God. We We just release your love upon those today, God, that are grieving. We speak healing in the name of Jesus. And for those fathers that are just gone and they've neglected their responsibilities, Father, we pray, convict them today, oh God. Release a conviction. We bind the spirit of shame, God. We worship you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen and amen. Amen. One more time. Amen and amen. Awesome. Our bishop spoke here last Sunday. What an incredible time with the bishop. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Help me celebrate my spiritual father. Amen. How many people know that pastors need fathers as well? And pastors need pastors as well. And my wife and I are... Honored that we're not doing this by ourselves, that we have spiritual parents that hold us accountable. Amen? Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. So today we're continuing with our message series called 30 Days of Symphony. Somebody say 30 days of symphony. One more time. 30 days of symphony. I handed out a card for you guys to be checking out every single day, thinking good thoughts about other people speaking good things about other people. How many people have been doing that? A few people, a few people. Amen. Well, take another card and use it next month as well, and it's going to release a beautiful spirit of symphony in you. Amen. Today I'm speaking on a unique topic called breaking the orphan spirit. Breaking the orphan spirit. And somebody might wonder, how does that connect with agreement? Well, we're going to connect it somewhere. Well, it's very connected. It's very connected. Your relationship with the Father influences all your relationships on earth. Your vertical relationship influences all your horizontal relationships. If you can find healing in this one thing, your agreement with other people, your relationships with other people are going to be in order. This one thing here can heal you. It can heal you. If you're healed in this one thing, you take care of a thousand of your problems. I'm going to start with a tweet. I'm going to give you a tweet. The love of a father heals you of your striving and insecurities. The love of a father heals you of your striving and your insecurities. If you have relational problems, you can trace them to this one thing. Whether you feel the acceptance of a father or not. The love of a father heals you. The love of a father heals you. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 15. I've preached from this story before. But we're going to just go deeper into it today. And learn some things. Amen. Hallelujah. Say this with me together. Say, Father, I break the orphan spirit for my life. In Jesus' name. One more time. Father, I break the orphan spirit on my life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. Luke chapter 15 from verse 11. If they put it on the screen here, I want us to read together. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Jesus continued. There was a man who had the younger one say to his father, Father Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Click, click. Here we go. It, it worked, guys. It worked. That's the anointing. That's the glory. One more, one more time. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off on a distant country. And there squandered all his wealth with wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that land. Amen. This is a story of the prodigal son. We all have heard the story of the prodigal son. And if you're new in church, I'm going to tell you this story in a minute. There was a wealthy father who had two sons, an older son and a younger son. The younger one said, Father, I want you to give me everything that belongs to me, give me all the money, and I want to get away from this country, from this place, and I want to go live somewhere else. I don't want to be with this family. So this kid left home and went away. It's like like a kid who lives in California or a kid who lives in Boston saying, Dad, I want to get out of this place. I want to leave your home, get out of this country, and buys a, a flight, buys a plane ticket, and goes to Dubai. And then over there, he starts partying and have just living it out. That's, that's the story of the prodigal son. That end part, the Dubai part is, is, is the new version, the postmodernistic version. Well, let's read another scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. If you have it, we're going to read it together as well. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. 1 to 3 go. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received a spirit of adoption when we cry, Abba, Father. When we cry, when we cry, one last time, when we cry, Abba, Father. I'm a musician and there's a guy who taught me how to play piano when I was eight years old. I started learning how to play the piano. And the guy who taught me how to play piano, his name is Moffat. Somebody say Moffat. This guy told me how to play piano. Now, Morford was a musical gen- genius. He was just one of those guys who, man, he can jump on the drums, jump on the bass, jump on, the, and he just played so well. And he started teaching me piano, and honestly, I did classes for about six months and then stopped and then did another six months, and that was just about it. I, I kind of started the lessons, learned a little bit, and then I just, I just went on doing music. Now, I'll give you a secret here. I am a very average musician. I am a very average musician. My teacher, Moffat, is an exceptional musician. He's a genius. To this day, I'm a very, very average musician. I've gone through my music career very average. But I'll tell you one thing. When Moffat started teaching me piano and I started learning as average as I was, God's favor fell on my life. And I started seeing results that geniuses were not seeing in their lives. How many people know if you take someone who's ordinary, but you put the anointing of God in the favor of God, they become extraordinary. Come on, somebody. I declare an extraordinary anointing over your life in the name of Jesus, that you're going to do things in the name of Jesus that are beyond your talents and beyond your knowledge, beyond your education in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive that, say, I receive it. If you receive that, shout, amen. Amen. The favor of God came on my life. As average as I was, I knew a few things, but my career took off. I started when I was 11, when I was 8 years old. By the time I was 11, I was on national radio. They gave me my own radio show. It was a kids' program. People make fun of me to this day when I go to my country. Hey, you're the, you the angels' kids, right? No, 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 I'm a pastor now. Come on, take care. Be, be, watch out, watch out. I got kids on my own. My career just took off. I got an endorsement with Vaseline. Okay, they used to smear my, f- my face with Vaseline, take pictures. I was on billboards in my home country. I was the face of Vaseline. <laughs> Proud of it. Petroleum jelly. I was the petroleum jelly kid. I loved it. And then after that, God opened doors for me to be on TV, on national TV. And then God just kept opening doors. God opened doors for me to lead worship for a uh, For an evangelist, a a premier evangelist actually called Reinhard Bonnke. Back then, his meetings had half a million people. I saw people being healed, people getting out of wheelchairs. My life would never be the same again. I would stand on that stage and people looked like the ocean. And later on, Reinhard Bonnke saw one million people saved in one night. Come on, somebody celebrate that. I was a very average musician, but the anointing of God, the favor of God, I pray that you receive the favor of an almighty Jehovah today. The favor of God fell on my life, and I saw things happening, things happening that I can't explain. Then I came to America, went through a difficult season, and then God gave us ministry, and then we saw God's favor in that as well. We started uniting people. We've seen over 10,000 people united, and people say, how in the world do you come from a small poor country into a country like this and begin to see things like that? I believe it's the favor of God. Somebody shout, the favor of God. But in 2008, I went through a season where things just begun to, (laughs) they just begun to, things were not happening. Doors were just kind of shutting. It was interesting. While things were kind of happening a little bit, yet things were shutting down at the same time. Have you you ever been in that season where it looks like something is going to kick in gear, but it just doesn't quite go in. It just doesn't quite kick in all the way. Something where I knew something was happening. I was saying, God, what's going on is Something is happening and I just can't quite put my finger on it. Things are just going wrong. Then I started seeking God and I started praying. And God reminded me and God said, Zenzo, when's the last time you spoke to Moffat? I said, wow, it's been 15 years. And then God asked a different question. When's the last time you spoke to your music teacher? I said, oh, wow, it's been 15 years. And then God He really got close to me. He really got closer in my face. He said, Zenzo, when's the last time you spoke to your music father? And I just knew right there what he was saying. And I started praying. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Zenzo, you're experiencing my grace in different areas. Because i got a great father. My father is a bishop. I have an incredible, incredible natural father. He's also a spiritual father. I've got an incredible bishop. But in my music ministry, I exposed my music ministry to an orphan spirit. I exposed my music ministry to an orphan spirit. I didn't have a music father. In my music career, here's a man who had labored over my life. Here's a man who had taught me everything I know. And my career took off. And it took me 15 years to pick up the phone to honor him and say, thank you for all you did for me. I heard the voice of God say, you've exposed your ministry to an orphan spirit. I had never heard that term before. He said, you've exposed your ministry to an orphan spirit. And that year, thankfully, God opened a door for my wife and I to go to Malawi, Africa. And I knew that day. That when I arrived in Malawi, Africa, I was going to honor this man that had labored so much to teach me. He had labored so much. And, and I couldn't wait. When we got home, my wife sent, took me to the bus depot. I took another bus for five hours to go into this city where this man lived just to honor him. And I got there. He welcomed me. I, it, it had been 15 years. I didn't know what to say to him. I just It was kind of awkward. It was awkward. It was awkward. I'll tell you this. Things that break doors are, 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 are They're awkward. Somebody say awkward. The things that will open some doors for you are awkward. I'm telling you. They're not always going to be comfortable. It was so awkward to go to this man's house and get to their home and his wife. I hadn't seen them in a long time. Their kids were older. Mind you, the last time I saw him, I was so young. I remember seeing him thinking, man, this guy is short. He used to be tall when I was a kid. And then we got there and we had dinner. The next morning, I woke up. We had breakfast. I brought some gifts to them. I presented the gifts to them. And then I said, I, I got to talk to you and your wife. Somebody say, awkward. And then I sat there and I began to speak to them. I say, sir, I have not honored you. Please forgive me. You taught me how to play. Because of you, I've stood in platforms with half a million people. Because of you, I've been on radio because of you, I've been on TV. Because of you, I'm in America now, in a place called Boston, and God's moving, and things are happening. A- a- and I've, I've taken the credit that I should have given to you. I should have honored you. On my music CDs, I, I should have said, thank you, Moffat, for teaching me. I, sh- I should have honored you. And God spoke to me because I didn't honor you. I have opened my ministry up to an orphan spirit. And he began to cry. And his wife began to cry. They began to weep and then they responded with prayer i've never i've never heard a couple pray for me like that before they began to pray in their living room i was kneeling down and they began to bless me they began to proclaim all kinds of things god's going to bless you in america god's going to open stadiums for you god's going to and then his wife started speaking and saying god's going to open a, a record company called integrity music for you if, for those of you who don't know integrity music is the premier christian record company in america she said god's gonna open integrity music for you god's gonna open your face is gonna be seen on tv to the glory of god god's gonna open media for you god's gonna crack wide open doors that have never been opened for you before and they began he he started praying for me weeping he said zenzo is gonna become a household name not for your glory but to the glory of jesus you're gonna use that what god's gonna bless you with to open up doors and to lead other people to christ he was praying and praying and praying and praying and praying i came back to america after that trip and there was a letter in my mailbox waiting for me from integrity music come on somebody shout hallelujah i remember signing a contract with integrity music to host an hour of worship at the agonist arena i remember looking at the contract and looking at integrity music and looking at that logo and saying oh my god this is crazy and then God opened the door at Aganes Arena, a stadium of 8,000 seats. We packed that place up. We did a night of worship in that place. And then after that, that same year, God opened a door for us with God TV. I remember signing this contract to air our night of worship into over half a billion homes. Billion with a B. Half a billion homes from here in Boston. We were airing this night of worship into over 200 nations. I saw God begin to break doors open because i believe that day when i honored this man that i broke the spirit of orphan in the name of jesus somebody shout break the orphan spirit (laughs) broke the orphan spirit we televised this night of worship into over half a billion homes and this man and his wife all the way in africa they they brought their neighbors they brought their friends and they sat in their living room and they watched the night of worship of us jumping up and down from this place come on somebody say hallelujah Come on, I break the orphan spirit over you in the name of Jesus. I want you to know that an orphan spirit is a spirit. (laughs) An orphan spirit is a spirit. I want to explain a little thing, something here. I know that there are people here who maybe you didn't grow up with a father. And so you may automatically think, he's talking about me. I want you to know that you can be someone who has a father and still have an orphan spirit. Because it's a spirit. So I want to give you four things that explain what an orphan spirit is. I want to give you three things. Matter of fact, I'll I'll throw an extra one. Somebody say one, extra one, extra one. I'll give you an extra one for free, okay? (laughs) Before I give you this four, I want to say this. I want to say that I want you to know that the devil was the original orphan. The devil was in heaven with God. He worked for God. He was a praise and worship leader, which means when God stood here, he was right there. They were working together, and he rebelled against God. And so he was thrown out of heaven, and he came on earth an orphan. An orphan. He was the original orphan. He originated the orphan spirit. And because he originated the orphan spirit, watch this. Now the devil is watching God and Adam enjoy a father and son relationship. And he's looking, and he's like, ah. Huh. Ah, he, he's that orphan who's there by himself and he's watching God, the father, enjoying a relationship with Adam, the relationship that he had. So, you know what he did? He went to the wife and convinced her and was disloyal and, and really tried to entice them, and he got to Adam. He was after his sonship. He was after Adam's sonship because you have to know when you have a father, you have an inheritance. You have to know when you have a father, you have a blessing. You have to know when you have a father, when you have a father, there are certain things that happen to you, certain doors that happen because of the favor of a father. And and, and the devil was watching that and he was upset. And he managed to do what he wanted. When Adam sinned, the first thing that happened is that when Adam was disconnected from God, he lost a father and he became an orphan. He became an orphan and the devil got exactly what he wanted. The first thing that happened, listen, Adam was enjoying the father in the garden. He was enjoying all the food, all the fruit, all the grapes and the bananas and all the stuff. Everything that was there, all the smoothies, right? All the smoothies and and the barbecues. And he could get a goat anytime and say, God, I need to eat you. And he was just having fun. All of a sudden, he's been cut off and he has nothing. He's an orphan. And for the first time, the Bible says Adam had to eat from the sweat of his brow. Because he became an orphan. He became an orphan. Now, I just read the story of the prodigal son to you. The first thing that happened to that boy when he said, I want to live home and go to this faraway country. I want to get out of here. The first thing that happened when that kid left home, when that kid left Boston and went to Dubai, he became an orphan. It's the first thing that happened. Even though the father was alive, he didn't have the influence of the father. He had to father himself. And there's nothing more sad than to father yourself. And if you're in this place and you've had to father yourself, don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to end this thing and there's hope for you today in the name of Jesus. Here's another thing I want you to know. Is that even though the older son never left home, he still was under an orphan spirit. Because you can read that the the relationship he had with the father was one of of an employee and a boss. He didn't even know what was happening in the family. All he had to do was work. He was just someone who's interested in working. He was disobedient to the father. He didn't listen to the father. He was just like, man, he was upset that the father was throwing a party for the other kid. He was just, he was under an orphan spirit. And I want you to know it's possible to be in the house of God and be under an orphan spirit. So I want to give you four things. Somebody shout four. Four things that describe this orphan spirit. And today we're going to break this thing out of this place in the name of Jesus. Number one, an independent spirit. Somebody say independent spirit. An orphan is independent. Not by choice. When you're an orphan, you're independent. Not because you want to. That's just the way it is. An independent spirit. It's a spirit that says, you don't need to tell me anything. I do what I do. Nobody tells me what to do. I just do my own thing. It's an independent spirit. One more time, say independent spirit. You know what's amazing is we've created a culture that celebrate that celebrates self-made man. He's a self-made man. He, he's a CEO of this corporation and he's a founder. He's a self-made man. How many people know there's nothing like a self-made man? The guy we call a self-made man, the last time I checked that dude was was, was delivered by a mother. He didn't make himself. There's a mother who had to push him out. Come on, somebody. There's a mother who had to change this self-made man, he had to change his diapers and wipe his poo-poo, had to change him up. He's, he's not self-made. Come on, somebody. Self-made what? There's, there's a second-grade teacher who had to teach this guy how to read English. There's a, there's a teacher who had to teach this guy how to read mathematics. He would not found this company. He would not be a CEO if he doesn't know how to read. He's not a self-made man. We exalt this in our culture, man. He's a self-made man. Yeah, I'm self-made. You're not self-made. There's nobody who's self-made. Everybody needs somebody. Come on, somebody. Anybody who's done anything great has had somebody open doors for them. You're looking at one of them. So it's an independent spirit. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm a self-made man. You're not a self-made It's the grace of God that's helping you to even breathe right now. Come on. It's, it's God who's pumping air into those lungs. It's God who's making that heart beat even when you're not looking in the night. When you're sleeping, who tells you to breathe? Self-made? We exalt self-made and independent. I'm independent. Come on. I'm independent. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with a good kind of independence. We don't want people to be disenfranchised and the unhealthy way of depending on people. But listen, you were created out of agreement. You came out of God. God functions in agreement, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so you were created to function in agreement. You were created to function by being dependent to other people. A healthy kind of dependence. Now you can say that oh, I'm independent. There's nothing like being independent. Now, it's okay if you want financial freedom, that kind of independence, that's fine. But you cannot be totally independent as a human being because you're a product of agreement. Yeah. Come on, somebody. So people say, man, I'm independent. I just want to be independent. I don't need nobody. Listen, if you get sick today, Mr. Independent, you're going to go to a doctor. And they're going to lay you on a the table. They're going to knock you out. And they're going to do surgery and you. are not going to do surgery on yourself. And while you're laying down there, Mr. Independent, you're dependent on that doctor. Oh, come on, somebody. Mr. Independent. No, no, no. There's nothing like being independent. The guy who says, I'm independent, I don't need nobody. Listen, when you need to eat, wh- where do you go? You go to the supermarket. You're depending on that farmer. There's a farmer somewhere in Maine who has been working hard, and you're depending on that guy. Don't say you're independent. Listen, if, if, if you need gas, right, you go to the gas station. You're depending on the person who brought that gas. You're depending on that Arab guy who brought gas into the country. You're not independent. Come on, somebody. No, I'm so independent. I'm so rich. Man, I just do my own thing. No, no, no. You need to fly. You're flying American Airlines. In that moment, you're depending on that pilot. If that pilot falls asleep, you're done. No, I'm so independent. I got my own jet. Do you fly your jet? Your jet? What if your pilot said, hey, sir, up in the air, you're flying 30,000 feet. Sir, I quit right now. Okay, Mr. Independent, I quit. No, 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 no. Quit when we get on the ground. No, no, you're independent. Let's, I'm quitting now. No, no, you don't quit until we get on the ground. No, you're independent, sir. So I'm quitting right now. Turn to your neighbor and tell them there's nothing like independence. We were created to rely on one another. An often spirit is a spirit of independence. When that prodigal son left home, he was independent. He was by himself. You need somebody. You need somebody to speak into your life. You need somebody to speak into your life. Number two, somebody say a reckless spirit. A reckless spirit. By the way, while in number one, I want to give you a scripture. This is a beautiful scripture I love on, an, on the independent spirit. John 10, 27 to 28. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I know them and they, they're not independent. They follow me. And guess what happens when they follow me? I give them eternal life. And they shall, they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand because they follow me. Come on, there's good things when you follow a father. Number two, a reckless spirit. When you're an orphan, you're reckless. Because there's nobody to hold you accountable. You go as you please and you come as you please. There's no curfew. There's no discipline. Even psychologists say that children and kids perform better in school when they have parents to monitor their work. Somebody said discipline. Discipline is good. A reckless spirit is a spirit where you just do whatever. Nobody tells you what to do. Listen, I love the fact that I have my bishop. As much as I'm a pastor, I have my bishop. And he checks up on me. How you doing, son? My bishop will ask you anything. There's no limits to what he won't ask you. Just the other day he asked me, How are you doing, son? Are you making love to my daughter? I was like, Bishop, come on, man. Come on. Seriously? No, no, for you to be a man of God, you need to you need to do your business at home. I said, Bishop, come on, man. I'm African. Come on. I'm good. I said, no, son, I'm serious. He said, son, I'm serious. I'm serious. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stay. With the, he gave me the scripture from Proverbs. He said you have to be content with the with the wife of your youth. And he st- there's not an area that he won't speak me to, speak to me. But if you're an orphan, if you're under an orphan spirit, you're not used to people coming close like that. It's uncomfortable. And the thing is, if, if you're that independent and if you don't want people to speak into your life, you become reckless because there's no discipline. It's a spirit that hates rules. I hate rules. Don't, don't put a rule for me. I hate ruse. I just I just hate ruse. Let me tell you something. Everything has rules. Today, when you drove here, right? There was a rule, and the rule was that you had to drive in a lane. If you break that rule, two things will happen. You're gonna die. Number one. Number two, it's gonna be a closed casket. Okay, so there's a rule. Now, if you say, no, I want to have fun. I just want to swear around. You can have the fun, but those two things will happen to you. So that rule is not there to oppress and suppress you. That rule is there to protect you. And that rule is there to protect other people. But when you're under an orphan spirit, you resist principles. You resist rules. There's rules everywhere. Can you imagine going to an airport and somebody's just right there in public going to the bathroom, right? People would scream at them. Because there's rules everywhere. Come on, somebody. There's rules everywhere. I remember one day, Alzenzo was so, so sleepy. He was so tired. My wife and I were sitting in the living room watching this show. This kid just walked from his bedroom. And there was like a gift bag, a Christmas gift bag. He just walked from his bedroom. And he just stood there like that. And he just peed in the, in the Christmas in the gift bag. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And then he went back. He just walked back to his bed. And I was like, seriously? What's up with this dude? In the morning, we told him about it. He's like, oh, dad, I can't believe that happened. I can't. Even that kid knows you don't pee in the living room. There's rules. Come on, somebody. Even when you go to a nightclub where people say, man, we're just reckless here. We're just partying. There's no rules. There's rules even there. Because what happens when one of those guys starts hitting on one of those men's women, there's going to be a fight that's going to break out. Because even there, there's a rule that you don't touch another man's wife. Rules are there to protect you. Rules are there to protect you. Come on, let's read the scripture. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. I love it. My son, project that on the scripture if you can, on the screen if you can. Ah, I want to save time. It says, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not despise the Lord's discipline. And do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As the father, the son, he delights in. The Lord disciplines you. The, the rules are to love you. The Lord loves you. They didn't put that scripture on, but write it down. It's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11. Once again, I want you to know that all my notes right now that I'm preaching on are yours. If you go online, www.impactpeople.org. Under messages, you're going to find the mp3 and all the notes. Amen. Rules are there to help you. Number three, an orphan spirit is a disloyal spirit. An orphan spirit is a disloyal spirit. Somebody said disloyal. That's what the devil did in heaven. I don't need to listen to that man. I don't listen to God. I don't. And what's funny is that a disloyal spirit is contagious. The devil managed to convince a third of the angels and came down with them. And they became demons. What we call demons today were angels that were with God, but they got deceived by the devil. A disloyal spirit is contagious. Number, th- number four, somebody say number four. An orphan spirit is a striving spirit. It's a striving spirit. I told you when Adam became an orphan, he didn't have the garden anymore. He had to eat from the sweat of his, of his brow. He had to strive. Somebody say strive. He had to strive. When that little kid, that prodigal son left home and went to a faraway country, the first thing that happened was that he lost all that money. And instead of living in a mansion, now he was feeding pigs and eating pigs' food. Now he had to strive. He opened himself out to a striving spirit because he was under an orphan spirit. Under an orphan spirit. It's a striving spirit. You see, all of us have a need for acceptance, affirmation, and approval. If you don't feel the affirmation and the approval and the love and the acceptance of a father, you're going to meet all the people that you meet and you're going to say to them, don't accept me when you don't feel the love of God. You greet people and you say, hello. You don't say it, but, but, but essentially you're saying, I'm odd. I'm weird. Don't, you don't have to accept me. I'm, I'm different. I'm kind of funny. You, just, you, you feel this void inside of you. I give you that tweet. The love of a father will heal your insecurities. It's the love of a father. You find people that are walking around lost because they're under an orphan spirit, striving, always always striving, always trying to make things happen. I I know people who are under a striving spirit when I see them because I used to be under one, always trying to make things happen. Here's my business card, here's this, this." just under a striving spirit because when you're an orphan, you have to make things happen by yourself. Under that striving spirit. And it's crazy now with the social media world, it just really helps with that striving spirit. You know, people posting on, on Facebook, "Hey, I'm doing this now and I'm doing that. It's, it's almost a, a striving spirit. I had this girl who reached out to me, Pastor, I, I want to do this. I want to sing at you now and I want to do this. And, and I, I went on that page because when people ask me, I want an opportunity, I go to their Facebook to see what they do, what their life is really like. And I checked on the Facebook and she has a picture and she's she's like she's like on a pole like this just I'm like you you want me to bring you to lead worship and is this the best picture you can do? <laughs> come on, seriously, can I be real in this place? I said, come on somebody. It's a striving spirit. Accept me. I don't feel the acceptance and the love. So so accept me. Tell me my back end is beautiful. It's good enough. Well, if you do that, tomorrow there's going to be somebody else with a bigger back end. And they're going to get 200 likes and you only got 20. And now you're sick. It's a striving spirit. It's a striving spirit. Come on, somebody say, I break the striving spirit in Jesus' name. It's a striving spirit. Here's where we're going to end. There's a story of an African orphan who was at an, at an orphanage. And every time he tried to receive food, there was these kids, these three bullies who would always come, snatch the food away from him, take it out. And sometimes they would just slap it, slap it, and, and take it away from him sometimes they'll just hit the food and it'll fall on the ground. He'll be there eating on this dirty food, desperate, this orphan, in the orphanage, desperate, alone, without anybody to fend for him. Nobody to fight for him. He was just lonely. He was empty. He was by himself, sad and sick and sorry. He was just, these kids were bullying him all the time. But one day there was a family that came. Families would would always come there. Couples would always come there to adopt kids. And his bully friend said, hey, don't even go over there. Don't even go over there because you know they're not going to pick you. You don't have a gift. You're not gifted. You're not talented. You don't look good. He got nothing working for you. You are nobody. Just stay over here. But they were all required to go so that the couple can choose who they adopt. And he looked down and like he would always do, they'll never pick me. I'm not beautiful. I'm not good looking. I don't have a skill. I'm not good at math. I'm not good at anything. No one would ever pick me. He's looking now. And all of a sudden, he heard that couple say, you, in the red sweater, we want you. We want you. And, and the kid, of course, looked to the side and looked at the other smart kid and said, they, they're probably looking at you, man. And they said, no, 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 you, you, we want you. And he looked to the other side. He said, no, they're probably talking about you. You're smarter. But they said, no, you, we want you. We want you. We want you. We want you. And they brought the kid and they adopted the kid. And they give the kid a new life. They give him their name. Somebody say name. A father gives you their name. A father gives you an identity. A father names you. He gives you an identity. When you have a relationship with a father, you're going to know what to do. You're going to have direction because a father gives you identity. They brought him home. They brought him home. They said, we want you. They said, we want you. Stand on your feet now. Stand on your feet if you can Stand your feet if you can. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 18. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Hebrews, chapter 13, 5 to 6, it says, it says I will not forsake you. Hebrews 5, 13, 5 to 6. It says, I will never leave you or forsake you. It's a popular scripture. Say, says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. In other words, you will not be an orphan anymore. Jesus came as the last Adam to break the orphan spirit in the name of Jesus come on, you didn't hear what I said. I said, Jesus came. He died on the cross to break an orphan spirit. He cried out. He said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthan, which means father, father, why have you forsaken me? Why have you allowed me to be an orphan? Well, Jesus became an orphan so that you don't have to be an orphan. Come on, the chains are broken. The father has set you free. You're not an orphan anymore like that little orphan. Jesus has come and he has said, I want you. I want you yes you i want you i know you committed abortion yes i know you did this yes you don't have a gift yes i know you're not the best person that you need to be but i want you i left heaven because i want you and i love you and i died and i became an orphan because i'm pursuing you the orphan spirit is broken today in the name of jesus come on somebody celebrate you have a father orphan spirit is broken Orphan spirit is broken. You don't have to fend for yourself anymore. The father gave the prodigal son a robe. A robe is for identity. And then the father gave the prodigal son a ring. A ring is for commitment. It's for love. And then the prodigal son gave the... The 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 father gave the prodigal son sandals, which stands for provision and establishment. God wants to provide for you. Listen, when you are an orphan, you have to do everything for yourself. But once you've been adopted, come on. If you get adopted by the Queen of England, all of a sudden you have everything you need. If you get adopted by President Obama, all of a sudden you have everything you need. I'm here to announce to you that you don't have to strive anymore. You don't have to cry anymore the father is here to heal you you see when you have an independent spirit you can't be in agreement with people when you have a striving spirit it's difficult difficult to be in agreement with insecure people when you have a reckless spirit it's difficult to be in agreement with reckless people because agreement requires order God set you free. Here's the end of the story. Here's the end of the story. On the anniversary of the adoption of this kid, they brought the kid back to the orphanage to just celebrate how they took him out of the orphanage. When they met the lady who had signed the adoption letters, letters for this kid, they said to him, hey, we're here. And the lady said, who are you guys? They said, oh, we are this family that adopted this child. They said, which child? They said, this one. And the lady was, this child was adopted here. She could not even recognize him anymore. You know why? Because this time, he looked like royalty. This time, he looked like the father. This time, he was healed. This time, he was was healed. This time, something was happening to him. He had a new identity. I'm here to tell you this. That you have a new identity. See, the sad thing is that our earthly fathers and the people that are around us, They mirror the father in heaven because some of us didn't have the best fathers. Some of us had non-existent fathers. Some of us had harsh fathers. Some of us, we never even had a relationship with a father. He wasn't there. Some of us were orphaned at a very young age. And so it's very difficult. We have an independent spirit. We have a striving spirit. We have a reckless thing. Nobody can tell you what to do. But I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is for you. God loves you come on in this place God loves you receive the love of the Father receive the love of the Father come on just lift up your hands and receive the love of the Father we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus we give you